every Friday. Wholesale for real. Got them mamas, got them clones. Everything grown at home is not homegrown. Got them zoning out like dimes. Me, I'm blowing out writing rhymes. Hydroponic, call it Dodie. I'm at the San Fran Philharmonic. Pushing OZs, cushions, OG, purpose, GDP. Who that's bitter is, that's BJG. Skunk train, skunk train. All aboard, all aboard. Skunk train. So I can take fat hits, smoke on the cat piss, hit mac and stack chips. Vapors in my lung, boy, I get it done. Take them hits from the bone, like my name was Cheech and John. With the non stop smoking, I cross the bridge to Oakland, keeping it choking. Big time West Coasting, home of the purple, land of the graves. This is how the players hustle in the Golden Gates. We don't grind on the block, boy, we sell to the clubs. The dispensaries, where they always show love. Sell does big fat buds to all of us thugs. Who be getting it done with five horns on the run? Having too much fun, And I always got time for a blind Skunk train, skunk train All aboard, all aboard Skunk train, skunk train All aboard, all aboard I love my greens in the morning I love my greens at night And if you love your greens just like I do Skunk train will take you for a ride Skunk train, man, you smell like I ran over a skunk But I'm so high that I don't give a fuck Maybe it's the trees up in the blunt Maybe someone really stepped on a duck Stinky like reefer when I pull through Pull through there, everybody breath like boom, 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 boom. This is the Mutiny Happy Hour open mic Let's get a round of applause for that Let's get a round of applause for Pam For keeping this place running All right I'm gonna get this started. I'm your host, Justin Carisi. And uh, no, not for me. I don't deserve it. Um, And if you don't know me yet, I just wanna get one thing out of the way. I might not be as much of a happy-go-lucky guy as it looks. Uh, People tell me me that I might limit my popularity by dressing this way. Wrong. Who I am on the inside is gonna limit my popularity. This is just how I make sure I never accidentally make a friend who owns a golf club. <laughs> Glad that one worked, Jesus. So I try, I'm trying to scare normal people off, but unfortunately this whole thing is kind of normal now. You want to scare people today, you need a suit and a tie. And I have my limits. I'm only losing my hair a little bit. 
but I shave the whole thing to show God who's boss. <laughs> I am in charge of hair. I say none. So now I look like a vampire who wants avocado toast. And I'm okay with that. I like looking a little scary, if at all possible, because I'm so terrified of everything else. So we live in a very scary world. The oceans are dying, nuclear missiles pointed at everyone. I live in Oakland, that's scary enough. <laughs> Oakland is the kind of place where they can find a headless body in the garbage and nobody blinks. And if you don't remember that story, that proves my point it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> was like last year. I'm from Connecticut. We have different problems in Connecticut. Like, should we have kindergarten all day or half day? It's more expensive, but think of the children. So I'm not used to living in a dangerous place. Some people might move away, take a self-defense class. I bought a sword, and that backfired, because now I'm also scared of me. Don't buy a sword. It's exactly as fun as it looks. I can't put this thing down. My furniture would be in shreds right now if I could afford furniture. They say when you're designing your home, you should get rid of everything unless you need it or you love it. I own a laptop, a futon, and a sword. That's it. Love my sword. I uh, loves me sword. I loves to swing it. Ah, uh, so much fun. But you can't really, like, nobody wants to see me on the BART with a ninja sword. You can't really take it with you. So my glorious, beautiful sword, all it does is it just, it's just hanging there, just shining, glistening, whispering beautiful promises. Take me to the lake. Become the hero of prophecy. So I gotta get it out of my head, and I lay down on my futon, open my laptop, and I get an ad for more swords. <laughs> so the internet is a bad friend. You should get another sword, you could have one in each hand. Like Leonardo. I won't do the song. Um, so, um, in my 30s. Um, my favorite part about that is uh, discovering that I did never really uh, needed hope. Uh, looking back, I had nothing good was ever gonna happen to me, but now I know it, and my naps are amazing. <laughs> I'm not wasting anyone's time. Sometimes I feel a little old, and so might you sometimes, but don't ever say that to anyone who's actually old, unless you want to fight about who's more dead. Oh, you're so young. You have so many years left ahead of you, so many good years. It's not true. There's young and there's old, and the dividing line is 30, and I'll prove it. <laughs> you're 24 years old. You find $10,000. Summer of a lifetime. You're 34 years old. You find the same $10,000. Small down payment. 
That is what the young do not understand about the old. We don't hate fun, it's just a very bad idea. <laughs> All right, with that, I have been Justin Carisi, your host. And I'm gonna bring up your first, your first guest of the night. Uh, this guy, everything about this guy screams comedy. He's awesome, you're gonna love him. <laughs> it's John Gallagher. Thank you guys. Hope everybody had a good Valentine's Day. I had a good one. I got to experience one of my favorite things in the world, which is couples street fighting. Oh my God. I fucking love that shit so much. Seeing a couple people supposedly in love and just seeing that love end. Oh, it's amazing. And uh, this year, I, I didn't. I experienced the end of a couple's fight. Or what? Then I'll tell you why. I assume it's the end of a couple's fight because I heard this quote come out of a window uh, from a woman's mouth. Suppose to what I assume is a man, because what I heard out of a window was, uh, "Oh yeah, you're just mad. You can't get hard when you hear children's laughter." <laughs> Which in my ex in my experience, uh, a soft dick around kids laughing usually a rock solid dude. In my <laughs> Yeah, it's usually a pretty pretty cool guy and also just a, a pretty a pretty strict requirement for a lot of my friends. Please don't get hard around children's laughter. Please don't have that happen. Uh, yeah, usually a red flag for a, a raging hard on at the laughter of children. But this is this is the end of the the argument, and I'm not sure why. Uh, this woman is just challenging this man. It's like, oh yeah, you pussy, you can't fuck around this kinder care, you loser. Like, what are you? <laughs> I just don't, I don't understand. I'm going to keep telling until I figure out why this was said out loud. Anyway, so uh, I'm not I'm like, I'm not a, uh, I'm not the person that doesn't fight out loud or in streets too. I get into fights with my girlfriend. Last big public fight we had was at the horse track and that's where that should happen, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but we're going through the cage and uh, like through the little gambling area and we happen to pass by the man that plays the trumpet for the horse track and you forget that's a real job. You know what I'm talking about? The guy that announces the races by going that's a... That's that's a guy in 2019. He pays bills with this job. And uh, it's to be my girlfriend are fighting. Fuck you. No, fuck you. No, fuck you. And then this is where uh, Trumpet Man decides to weigh in with his infinite wisdom. And he so decides to level a little bit of life advice at me. And what he says, he goes like, hey, man, super loudly, uh, to, no, to the guy that nobody was asking for advice. He goes, uh, you know what? If you want this fight to end, you should probably just agree with everything she says. And does like this with the trumpet. And you're like, hmm, hmm right? And uh, in my head, I'm like, just because you have a brass instrument doesn't make you fucking Dr. Phil. Life isn't a, life isn't a musical, dude. But I, said, I thought that in here. And what I said out loud was, hey, mind your own fucking business, horn man. Man, play me a sad song. <laughs> and we walk away, and then true to form, Horn Man goes, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, I think he won somehow. Again, I don't know how, but he did. Um, I was watching the Lifetime Channel. Lifetime Channel, usually TV for women, but I was watching it. Hey, I'm a big, strong boy, you know? Um, and I was watching it because there's a, a documentary, you know, where serial killer documentaries are a big thing. I was watching one of my favorite serial killer, but he's about Ted Bundy. I was watching about Jeffrey Dahmer, huh? Jeffrey Dahmer, very cool. Uh, cool dude all around. No, definitely not cool. Um, but if you guys don't know who he is, uh, so he's a cannibal serial killer, white man from uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He ate people in his refrigerator, chopped them up. And uh, it was about the cop 
cops that caught him, right? And when those cops were interviewing him, he was like very forthcoming and like admitted to all the stuff he did. But there was one line of questioning where he got really upset with the police, right? So I'm going to do a little reenactment about how that went in this documentary. So the cops are like, Jeffrey, uh, you kill a lot of people. I'm like, yeah, I do that. You uh, chop up people's body parts and you put them in your refrigerator to eat later. Like, yeah, I do that. You, uh, you drilled a hole in a man's brain to turn him into a zombie for sex that you could use over and over again. Yeah, of course. Uh, you targeted mostly gay and black men. Are you racist? I am not a bigot, goddammit! And we found where the line is drawn, guys. You will never call a white man a racist. They get very upset. Everything else, though, on the table. Uh, everything else is up for grabs, right? It's like, are you, uh, it, you eat people? Yeah, of course, some people look tasty, right? Uh, yeah, sex zombie? What am I, a nerd? Yeah, science is awesome, right? But uh, a bigot? I'm not a monster. Fuck, Jesus Christ. Anyway, thanks, guys. Bye. John Gallagher, everybody. All right, we've got a healthy size list tonight, so we're just going to keep it going. Up next, we've got another great guy named by name of Peter Balmer. Oh, thank you, everybody. What were these? Jesus, they are broken now. All right. Very fun lights. Hot start to the set, TGIF. Uh, so you guys can probably tell by looking at me. I speak Mandarin Chinese. Pretty obvious. Um, not that good at it, though. Uh, however, I am good enough to order in Chinese at a Chinese restaurant. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, tried to do that recently. Went to a Chinese restaurant, and I wanted to get the black pepper chicken, right? So I asked the server. I was like, Ching Wen, I'll call you my need a shu jia ji. And he responded in a perfect accent. Yeah, I don't know what language that is. This is a Panda Express, dude. You could just point at the shit that you want. <laughs> so I got some orange chicken and walked out the mall. Yeah, it was a great day. Um, I do like Panda Express, though. Any panda heads in here? <laughs> Sweet. Glad you guys found the Facebook page. Cool. Um, it's a good, I think it's a you know, good restaurant, uh, good food, competitive prices, outstanding decor. And um, I think uh, one thing that Panda Express has that other fast food restaurants don't have is fortune cookies. I love fortune cookies. Those are so great. Like, you can't go find out what the future may hold for you at Arby's. <laughs> you got to go down to Panda. Uh, I like getting them. I got one recently uh, that said, this month, serious danger will bypass you. And I was like, all right, hell yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Panda Express. It's all I needed to hear. I'm going to go home and make me some bathtub toast. <laughs> Did so, and it was tasty and safe. Uh... I don't know. Sometimes I feel like Panda Express tries to make their fortunes a little bit too vague and broad just so they apply to everyone, you know? And it doesn't seem like they need to do that because all, if Panda Express wanted to like weigh up their fortune cookie accuracy rate, all they'd have to do is just change all of them to say, in the next 24 hours, you will get diarrhea. <laughs> make some special ones for the people who got the honey walnut shrimp that say, in the next 15 minutes, Gonna have diarrhea. Uh, it's bad. It's bad. Uh, I like. Uh, I do. I like to eat at the mall. Uh, you could probably tell by this body. I got the kind of body that says this guy probably likes to walk to work and eat at the mall. Uh, shouldn't have said to eat at the mall the first time. Would have made that hit a little bit harder. But that's why we're at an open mic. All right. Cool. I like uh, like going to McDonald's. Most of the malls they have one of those. Um, but uh. I think it's strange that Ronald McDonald was friends with the Hamburglar. 
seems like the worst possible person he could have found. Uh, all right, some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, so the all right, so back in 1971, we're doing a little history lesson here. Um, the wonderful McDonald's Corporation realized that some people found their mascot, the tall white and yellow clown whose passions included uh, processed meat and hanging out with kids, a little bit creepy, right? A little bit. So all right, how, can we, how can we fix this? Uh, let's give him friends. Let's show him playing with his friends. It'll be a big universe. We'll make toys out of him. It'll be great. And so they're all right, who should this guy's friends be? Number one friend, a man by the name of The Hamburglar. And uh, if you were guessing what this guy is like, you probably got it right. He is a devious rascal whose entire identity is that he likes to steal hamburgers. <laughs> Seems like already a bad choice for a friend. Already not, you know, that's Ronald McDonald's business. That's, he's not a good guy to have around. Uh, but it gets more fucked up when you come to Ronald McDonald's second best friend. Uh, does anyone here know who Mayor McCheese is? Wow, okay. He's a pretty popular politician in a lot of circles. I'm surprised. So if you don't know Mayor McCheese, uh, there's pretty much just one thing that you need to know about him. He's the mayor of McDonald Town, and his head is a cheeseburger. <laughs> so like bringing the Hamburglar into that friend group is a direct threat. I don't know why he did that. I think, you know, it's also po it's possible that, you know, the Hamburger, he's a misunderstood guy. You meet him and he's like, hey, uh, actually, uh, Hamburger, that's kind of a silly nickname from college. Uh, my real name is Hampton and I'm actually really into jazz. I'm restoring an 82 Camaro in my backyard. Or uh, it was just a message to Mayor McTrees where, you know, he's making some policies Ronald didn't like. And so he was like, brought this guy on just be like, hey, motherfucker, don't forget what the M stands for. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Palmer. Up next, we have the most supportive woman in Bay Area comedy. It is Charity Pomeroy. Oh, only the people I don't hate. <laughs> Makes it sound like I hate a lot of people. I do. I just keep it on the inside. Uh, no, I don't. I, I wish I could. I wish I was badass and had the ability to not be me. That would, uh, that would be awesome. No, no. Uh, a little about me. Uh, I am a lesbian. And I always have to say that because uh, thank you. You can clap. I, yeah. I am a big old fucking dyke. I'm just kidding, that's actually a lie. <laughs> I'm very, very single, so I am a big old non-fucking dyke. It's, it's, uh, that's very true. Um, uh, I, I am not dating, we were just talking, uh, some folks and I outside about that. Um, people are not interested in me, specifically uh, people I'm into are not into me. <laughs> and, and I think it's because I am so intimidating. Uh, maybe. Actually, maybe it's because I am a woman and I am strong and I am independent and I'm a big old fucking weirdo. So maybe that's, uh, that's probably it. But it's not my fault that I'm a weirdo. Uh, when uh, I came into this world, I was born to, um, a blind lady 
and a uh, an autistic man. So, <laughs> I mean, I learned things. My parents are amazing. I learned uh, at home math and science, and uh, it was from my dad. From my mom, I learned how to listen. What I did not learn, oh my God, you guys got that. <laughs> Nobody ever gets that. Uh, but yeah, I did. I learned all these wonderful things, but what I did not learn, eye contact. <laughs> Very vital, uh, especially uh, for, for, for dating. So yeah, my dates, uh, if I went on any, <laughs> would be so horrendously awkward. Uh, I would have to get a time machine and uh, go back to before they started. So instead, I just don't, I don't date, I don't do it. Um, what is really unfortunate about me being a big old weirdo, um, what's really weird about that is I'm super picky about my friends, like who I'm friends with and who I'm close to. Like I have no uh, reason to be picky. I, don't, I shouldn't have that right. I can't be picky, but I am. And uh, I, I'm really picky, and, and uh, that, that can be an issue, too. Actually, when I was in college, there was this guy who really wanted to be friends with me, and I could not stand him. His name was Sean Hunt. It's his real name. His name, his real name, Sean Michael Hunt. His name was Sean Mycunt. <laughs> Truly, I should have been friends with the guy, but I, I just couldn't stand him. And for spring break, I planned this big, huge deal, and there were um, all these people going on this big road trip, and somehow he conned his way into going with us and conned his way into my car. And I was like, no! So I, before we left, fed him eight sleeping pills. Uh, could have murdered him. <laughs> I didn't care. Uh, he didn't die, though. He didn't die. He didn't even fall asleep. He just sat back and was super chill the whole time. And I was like, oh my god. I'm such a monster. Maybe I like this guy. Maybe I like Sean Hunt. And it was true. I liked Sean Hunt. I just didn't like his personality. Anyway, that's that's it for me, <laughs> folks. Give it up for yourselves. I'm Charity Pomeroy. That's it. Pocket full of sunshine. Silver haze, white widow, early girl, blueberry, Romulan, and lamb's bread. All right, Charity Pomeroy, one more time. All right, next up, we got a guy I'm getting to know. I'm pretty sure he would be in the mafia if this was the 1920s. He's got the hair for it. Um, and, uh, and certain mannerisms, but I won't go on. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Neuer. Yeah, dude, keep that going. Keep that going. How you guys doing? Muni Radio, are we doing good? Amazing. That is, that is something special, man. I'm really glad to hear you guys are doing so well. Because sometimes, oh, you really fucked that one up, didn't you? Ooh. Uh, free batteries. <laughs> paid, hey, a paid gig is a paid motherfucking gig. I don't know. I'm going to donate this to Mutiny Radio, Pam. I'm going to donate these free batteries I just stole from you. If I could get this whole light in there, too, I probably would put it in there. Like, these aren't jokes. We came here for jokes. 
I don't fucking care what you came here for. <laughs> I don't care what you look at as, a, at as an audience member. That is a fucking audience member in my eyes, all right? All right. I fucking don't know, dude. You guys paying your fucking dues? Better fucking put them in there, dude. I'm not playing with you. I'll fucking kick you in the face. As soon as I figure out how to get my foot that high, I swear to God. <laughs> you just laughed so hard you dropped your phone, Jared. I fucking, I love mutiny, man. Where else can you go to do comedy and play the piano and take a shit for $2? You tell me. You tell me. Where can you go? Nowhere. You can't go anywhere and play the fucking little mini piano while you're playing the regu regular piano, getting ready to take your shit. <laughs> you know what blows my mind? The people that come here and take a shit and then leave that door open. I want to lock them in there. <laughs> it's fucking right. You give me that snap applause break. You know what really pisses me off? No. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you. You see that Mexican restaurant over there that looks like an Italian restaurant from afar? <laughs> it's fucking closed today on this good Friday. So I had to go get a salmon wrap. And my stomach's feeling like I got to go take a shit in that bathroom for $2. I don't know. Did you just hear it? It made noise. You heard it. You fucking heard it. Yeah, dude. I think it was actually you drinking water. But I'll take the credit. My stomach is taking the credit for that noise. That was, that was me. My, my ear hole is my sluttiest hole. It is. So there's my, there's my one minute. Um, I don't care, man. <laughs> Everything's all good. My ear hole is my sluttiest hole. I go cotton balls deep, man. I go, I just deep dick my ear. It's my right ear, too. I don't know what it's the sluttiest of the two. I have two of them. The left is a pretty kinky bitch, too, but that, that right one, man, it's just, they tell you not to do it. They tell you, the doctor's like, don't. It's like right on the box. I don't read the fucking box. I just shove shit inside of me. They say, don't put it in. It's like, it's made to go inside of my holes. I don't know. Just deep dick my brain with that fucking cotton swab, dude. Just. till I squirt out ear juice. Out of my nose. I don't know. I don't know. That was a joke I wanted to try. But I kind of forget it. I'll just do my very first joke. Um, and then I'm going to get out of your guys' hair. I, I realized I was, I, while I was changing my oil on my truck that uh, I, I pulled out the dipstick. And I tried to put it back in. It took me like 13 tries. I realized I could never be a ninja or a pirate in my life. You pull out the sword. You fuck some people up. You put it back in. You're just stabbing yourself in your fucking leg. I don't know. You guys have a great night. Mark Neuer took that intro music and just kept it going the whole time. That was perfect. 
All right, up next, uh, we uh, a man for whom there in- is no introduction, because I don't know him. Uh, I haven't met him yet, but is David Coker here? No, okay, whoops, back to the list. Who do we got? Number six. Can you pronounce that for me? Okay, here's a, a guy with a name, Roman Murdov, maybe. Possibly. All right, let's hear it. To the cannabis clubs in California, I get high off purple, high off diesel. Ain't another state. Uh, uh, hello. So, I uh, had a girlfriend once, and she had lots of sex fantasies, and all of them involved casseroles. Um, you guys know what casserole is, right? Uh, if not, you can quickly Google it, because otherwise you won't get how funny it is. Yeah. <laughs> So she would say to me, so I had this fantasy that I made you a casserole and it got burned and you got really mad and you did this and that to me. Or she would say, I had this fantasy that I made you a casserole and it was undercooked and you got mad and uh, you did this and that to me. Or she would say, so I made you this casserole and it was fine, just you know, somewhat underwhelming. But you still got mad and you did this and that to me. And now the, the first of all, it's completely out of character for me to respond to any casserole, no matter how bad, with sexual assault. And secondly, she never made me a casserole. So it always remained an Alphonfield fantasy for me, and I love a good casserole, or any kind of casserole. I would be touched if she did it in the first place, but she never did. And uh, to be honest, I don't remember any of the actual fantasies, because the moment she said casserole, I would just think about casserole. You know, I imagine they involved sex or something like that. Um, Anyway, that was uh, that bit. <laughs> Doesn't have a punchline. <laughs> um, now, uh, let's settle this. Uh, cats or dogs? What do you guys think? Dogs. Dogs? Dogs. Dogs? Everyone says dogs? Cat. Cat? Okay. Anyway, this is why democracy cannot work in this country, because you cannot agree with each other. So I'll tell you, uh, dogs are bullshit, cats are better. Yes, yes. So uh, people bring up this argument that dogs are more loyal than cats because if you die alone in your apartment, as you will, because you've (laughs) given up on your human companions and you only have pets, uh, your dog will wait like four or five days before it starts eating you, while your cat will immediately start laying eggs in your eyeballs, you know? I mean, whatever, maybe not, but it'll start nibbling and eating you sooner than the dog. But the problem I have with this whole argument is that it doesn't matter, because you'll be dead, right? And if you love your pet as much as you pretend to, then wouldn't you rather that your pet has a nice, fresh corpse right away than wait five days for a putrefied, pus-ridden, maggot-ridden corpse? You know? And anyway, then you get discovered, and I would rather be discovered as a neat pile of bones that the cat has already eaten or rather than just this complete fucking Resident Evil mess with the dog in it trying to save or something. <laughs> yeah, so um, is anyone from uh, anywhere? Yeah? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah? Wh- where are you from? Doesn't matter. So you know when you're from, like, uh, from a place that's not the place where you currently live? Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, guys. This is like observational comedy, but... <laughs> Yeah, 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 you know when you're from a place that's not the place where you currently live, you, you move to a place where that's not the place, and then there's like the things that you guys do in the place where you used to live, 
but then you move here and no one does that sort of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, or maybe not. Maybe uh, like uh, they do that sort of thing, but they do it differently. Yeah. You know? You know, can relate to that. Or maybe like the doing of the thing is the same, but the thing itself is different. What? Is that too broad? Or too broad is an observation. Broad observation, that's what I call catcalling. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is a terrible joke. I don't like it, it's sexist, it's offensive, it's stupid, but you know, that's what you people like. I'm just showing you that I can make jokes if I want to, I just choose not to because I'm above that. Um, I thought it would be shorter than that. Should I wrap up? Yeah, anyway. <laughs> In my real life, I'm an um, art professor at an art school, CCA, if anyone wants to join me. Um, yeah, and um, I, you know, I, I like doing this a lot, um, teaching. Uh, I, I'm pretty, not this. <laughs> I'm, I'm very kind and forgiving to my students. Um, I think that the thing they always criticize me for is that I'm too, too soft and sweet, which I think is true. Um, but it's not because I like them so much, but because there's never been a shooting at an art school yet. And um, so I don't, I just kind of protecting myself, really. Yeah. That's not a joke, that's just a statement of fact. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I should just stop, right? All right. G good night. <laughs>All right, I still don't know that guy's name. I think it's Roman Muradov, is that right? All right, I, I, I do know that guy's name. Um, Pus-filled, maggot-ridden pet corpses is what I took from that. That's, that's what I'm gonna remember, thank you very much. All right, coming up next, this guy, based on the people I've seen him hanging out with, I'm sure he's cool, is Mike Whitaker. I have cool friends, y'all. I got cool friends. Oh, shit. Uh, I had, like, the most gay man in San Francisco thing happen to me uh, yesterday. I was walking in the Soma to an open mic, and I, like, kind of cut down this, like, alley. And I'm walking down this alley, and this car rolls up next to me. And I see it's a dude in the car. I'm like, he's, he's rolling slow, but I'm walking. I'm like, oh, maybe, is this dude cruising me right now? Is this, <laughs> is this some good old-fashioned cruising happening? And I'm like... All right, let's see what's up. I'm like, see what kind of trade is rolling up here? And he like rolls down his window, and I'm like, "Hey, what's up?" And he was like, "Hey, are you are you moving your car right now? Are you are you moving your car?" I'm like, "Oh, okay." All right. Uh, no, nah, man, I'm. I, I'm going to go back to the old cruising model. We had it fine for a long time. Then we got fucked up with apps. We're all on apps and shit. And, like, I feel like I'm, the like, the first generation of gay men that has only, like, ever, like, hooked up with strangers on the internet and not found them the old-fashioned way. And I'm going to fucking go back. Because, like, I don't like who internet apps turns me into. I feel just gross. I feel gross all the fucking time. Like, I, I keep getting this, like... Like it, this, I, I say the same shit every single time and it works every single time. And it, it goes like this. I'll message a guy and I'll be like, Hey, what are you up to? And he'll be like, not much. 
just got off work and me and my suaveness am like what else are you looking to get off and i'll type that out but it's like in reality i'm like having to type that out like ah oh, fuck god damn this shit is gonna work again i'm not compelled to have any game or grow as a person like oh i'm getting off the apps i just i i feel like my cruising game's so weak and i try to stretch that muscle and it doesn't like i was i was on a bus and i was i was on this bus and uh there's a cute guy on the bus and i'm like come on i'm gonna cruise this cute guy on the bus and i'm like my first go-to is let's see if he's on an app nearby Let's see if he's within 25 feet and pops up on my scruff. Nah. Nah, and I'm just like, oh, fuck. I don't... I don't think I... I'm gonna have to cruise this guy the old-fashioned way. And he was like a, he was like a cute college dude, which is my type, by the way. I know I look like... I'm not into big, burly dudes, even though I'm in... Like, I'm like... By the way, I am on, I think, the last acceptable year to be fucking college dudes. Like... <laughs> I don't know where the fuck I'm going from here. Uh, and I'm like, he's a cute guy. He's wearing like work boots, which I'm into. And he's like, he's wearing like a Ben Sherman and he's got a nice haircut. And I'm like, I'm like, fuck, if I was a fucking better gay, there would be like a look I could get, I could shoot this guy a look that was like, sit next to me on this bus. I'm gonna rub your cock through your shorts. And then like, I don't have that look. That's not in my arsenal of gay man tricks. And like the look I have is like, you want to, uh, that's it. That's it. That's the extent of my game. That's it. You witnessed it. Oh, what else is fucking goddamn new shit? I had a joke about sword guys and how they're always up to no good, and you fucking beat me to the. I swear to God, it was a joke. Never in the history of ever has a sword guy been up to any good, and my fucking point got proved. I don't know. Uh, I. I too am a bald man, like that. I that that's a little bit balding, and I just shave it all the way. Like I started going bald uh, last year, and I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the head of the punch. I'm just gonna shave this shit. Like I'm fine. I got a good looking bald head, and like I'll go over to my parents' house. My mom will be like, "Oh, Mike, I wish you'd grow your hair back." And I'm like, I also wish that. I also, <laughs> I also wish I could grow my hair back. That's a thing we both want right now. Oh, I went over to my parents' the, uh, parents' house uh, the other night, and uh, we're watching TV, and uh, Elton John's playing on TV, and I'm like, uh, my mom, and my dad turns to my family, is like, isn't it amazing he's able to play piano, <laughs> being blind and all, and I'm like, oh no, oh no, Ray Ray Charles blind, Stevie Wonder blind, I don't think. I don't think Elton John's blind, Dad. It's like, oh, I thought that's why he dressed like that. And I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to explain the difference between being blind and being gay to my dad right now. 
Like that, that that's a serious that's a real thing that happened in life. My father in his heart of hearts just believes that there's been a core group of people surrounding Elton John for just 45 years just fucking with Elton John and as a society we've kept tight-lipped about it when they dressed him up as Donald Duck and put him in a purple tuxedo at Princess Diana's funeral nothing you know how fucked up it would be to put a blind guy in platform shoes very fucked up very fucked up oh I didn't hear it at all am I way over Oh my goodness, I, th- I I was waiting for the punch and then there we go. All right, I'm going to get the fuck off stage. Hey. I'm going to tell you where I'm from in the chorus. San Francisco, California, ballers, hustlers. I love that pickup line joke, man. That's exactly how it would work between men. It has to be. Um, all right, so coming up next, we've got a guy who looks like he has a way better job than me. Uh, I, I hope you all do. I'm not doing that great. My job sucks. But this guy especially looks like he's doing well. It's Hank Romero. You can follow the leader of all behind. Holds a pipeline. Shows like Nightline. Beauty Radio. Keep it going, Feroz Justin. A gentleman. Capital back there. Holding it down. We're going to try some new stuff. So, you know, it'll probably suck. That's how it goes sometimes. You guys familiar with the old saying, don't judge a book by its cover? Now, for those of you under 25, a book is like a podcast, but on paper. Now, looking at the book, the cover of the book of Hank, many of you are probably thinking, this is the face of white privilege, the face of gentrification, and the face of Seth Meyers. Now, uh, you're also probably thinking that the only obstacle I've had to overcome is reaching the top shelf which you would be you would be accurate on that assumption. But here's the thing, if you actually took a look inside the book of Hank, there's a couple of things that might surprise you. For instance, I grew up in public housing on welfare near a halfway home, which explains why some of you here look familiar. Um, the thing about growing up in public housing is weird because the term public housing is kind of strange because it sounds like you're either camping or you're homeless, which in truth it's actually a mix of the both. Because uh, here's the thing, um, public housing is where you fit as many poor people in the smallest space humanly possible, or as any income bracket knows living in the Bay Area. Now here's the thing also, I am, I'm Mexican, and fitting people in small spaces is kind of like a superpower for us, you know? I don't know if you've ever seen Doctor Who, but I'm convinced Doctor Who is at least half Mexican. It's the only way to explain how he fits so much shit into that phone booth. In fact, his actual name is Julio. (laughs) Dr. Julio. I'm going to work on that. Uh, Growing up on welfare was weird because um, back in my day, we had actual food stamps and not the EBT card, which is nice and inconspicuous. No, we actually had stamps made of food. (laughs) It's like a flip book made of government cheese. Now, recently, I actually said that version of that joke, and I said the BET card, which means that I'm slightly dyslexic and slightly racist. (laughs) But here's the thing with the the EBT card is that um, it's different than food stamps. Back when I had food stamps, here's the thing. Food stamps were bright neon. 
to indicate to anyone within a six-mile radius of how fucking poor you are. And not only that, but they didn't even have the pictures of dead presidents on them. No. They had the pictures of famous poor people. Like Jean Valjean, (laughs) Oliver Twist, and Oscar the Grouch. And you're thinking to yourself right now, those are all fictional characters. And that is correct, because there's no such thing as a real famous poor person. Thank you. They don't exist. And here's the thing. Um, I wasn't, I was poor poor, not pretend poor. Everyone in this room knows somebody who's pretend poor. Pretend poor is someone who's moved to a new town, complains about being poor while mommy and daddy still pay the rent, and they can move home at any time to the home their parents own. Right? Right? You're not poor. You're on vacation. (laughs) And I'll leave you with this. Um, One of the reasons why I've realized that poor people have so many kids, it's to save money on clothing. Hand-me-downs, huge. For instance, when I was a kid, my parents, this is a huge thing, not only in the Mexican community, but for poor people. You would write down the initials of your child on their underwear to make sure you don't mix them up. You do this. Now, for instance, like my cousin, my, my father's name, Peter Henry Romero. So his initials were H-P-R. My cousin, Daniel Dirty Sanchez, D-D-S. Or my initials, Henry Emil Romero. That's right, H-E-R. You thought people not knowing which bathroom you use is a new thing. That is not. The worst thing is, I am an only child. That's just child abuse. You guys have been great. Let's get Justin back up here on stage. Thank you. All right, Hank Romero, everyone. Proving me wrong by knowing about food stamps. You're not supposed to be able to explain food stamps when you're wearing a collar on top of a sweater. All right, up next, uh, we got a guy I just met. His name's David Coker. Let's hear it. everyone doing tonight it's good to be here um my week's going pretty well Uh, i graduated top of my class this week yeah Yeah, give it up for me yeah thank you it was it was from rehab but uh i i still think that's pretty impressive uh yeah busy week i i also had jury duty and uh i didn't make the cut apparently if you keep asking when you get to sentence somebody to death they ask you to go home. Uh, I'm getting older, so uh, I've had to start manufacturing excitement in my life. So I've started doing small crime. Nothing serious. Break into a neighbor's house, walk around a little bit, maybe leave them something nice, like a fern. <laughs> Haven't gotten caught yet, but here's hoping. I'm. Um, The 90s had the best crime. OJ, Menendez Brothers, that lady that cut her husband's dick off. (laughs) (laughs) Current day criminals, step it up. Make crime great again. Uh, I dated a homeschool girl for a while, and uh, the answer's yes. We held hands so hard. It was just like dating any other uh, normal grown woman. 
if uh, normal grown women are best friends with their mom and write their own Disney princess fan fiction. And uh, she went to this Christian college up north. And if you don't know about Christian colleges, it's basically where weird repressed homeschool kids go to finger each other for six months, <laughs> get married, and then pop out their own weird repressed homeschool kids. It's a vicious cycle. Uh, growing up, there was always at least one kid on the Little League team that was homeschooled. And you could always tell which one it was because he acted like a recently freed hostage victim. <clears throat> we could never figure out if he was right or left-handed, but by the middle of the inning, it didn't matter because he was sitting Indian style, wearing, making flower crowns and wearing his uh, glove as a hat. Uh, so, uh, I've never really been good at anything. <laughs> as you can tell. <laughs> um, so I went to one of those schools that has the, uh, like gives out participation awards and we're getting them at the end of the year and my, uh, my teacher starts passing them out. First kid gets most athletic, second kid gets best grades and then it's my turn. I'm excited, I'm stoked, I'm finally gonna be recognized. So my teacher calls my name and I go up to the front to get my award. And my award was the oldest kid in the class. <laughs> the only thing I was good at was being born before everybody else. Um, so <laughs> I'm from this small town down south. It's like a redneck town and everybody knows each other. But uh, my family, we were known as the family with the teeth. <laughs> and uh, my parents were divorced. They got divorced when I was 12, and it was rough at first, but I got a PlayStation 2 out of it. So <laughs> overall, not a bad deal. Also, when I was 12, I shot my brother in the face with a BB gun. Yeah, I felt bad about it, but to be fair, it was a pretty good shot. <laughs> That's been my time, thank you guys. Why you flipping? Why you in the tree? All right, David Coker, everybody. All right, we're right about at the middle of the show. I'd like to remind everybody to donate to Mutiny Radio. It is two bucks not to be an asshole, all right? It's five bucks to be pretty cool. Ten bucks and we all say your name at the same time like it's church. <laughs> we don't talk about what we do for 20 bucks. <laughs> we need... We need money. We need money at Mutiny Radio. Next up, it's Vishesh Sarin. Mitch Green, Mitch Green, Mitch Green's got me in a zone. Just then I heard the phone. They say I missed sound check. What's up with the show? Hello, everyone. How's everyone doing? Everyone's doing okay? Surviving? It's cold outside. Uh, <laughs> thank you for reiterating that. It is very, very fucking cold. I was born and raised in the Middle East. I can't deal with this bullshit. <laughs> I literally cannot. So, <laughs> I wasn't even that funny. I think you guys are just into me. <laughs> Most people are. It's okay. No, it's, it's weird, though. So, like, talking about people being into me, I am completely in fucking love with this one person at work, and it's fucking retarded. It's fucking stupid as hell on, like, 900 different levels. Like, last week, so... 
Last week was Valentine's week, right? Or something like that. 14th of Feb. Whatever week was 14th of Feb, that Monday, we had like a, a fucking group meeting, like day out thing for, at work. And like, I get to talk to her all day. And I was like, oh my God, I got to talk to her all day. And that was great. It was way too good. Like, holy shit, how does that happen? And then the next day, right, I go to fucking work, right? And she's there, obviously, because she works there. And then I also work there. So I'm there all day. I'm just hanging about, you know? And then it's like around 6 p.m. She's still working. I have stuff I should do, but I, it's 6. I didn't want to do it. But I'm like, ah, I should like try to hang around and talk to her after she's done with everything. And I'm like, no, nah, that's fucking creeper. That's fucking creeper. No, nah, fuck that. Fuck that. No, 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 no. And so I fucking leave, right? I go home. I get a few bites of food in me. I don't know, like very few because I'm broke as shit. Uh, I literally survive off of granola bars. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, man, if she's still there, I should try to go back. And I like ever so slowly start inching back towards my car through my house. And like halfway through, I start like being like, nah, I shouldn't do this. This is creeper. Nah, nah. And then I'm like, start thinking about like, but she might be alone there. And like, I know she doesn't need me, but I want to be there. And then I'm like, okay, fuck this. I get in my fucking silver station wagon from 94 stick shift, just drive with more purpose than I've ever driven in my entire fucking life. Like, I am, like, literally transforming into Vin Diesel from Fast and Furious. Just like, it's about to go down. I'm just fucking turn a corner, just drift. Throw it in front of the loading bay. Don't even turn off my car. Just run up. And obviously, she's not fucking there at this point. And I'm just, like, instantly from Vin Diesel to Elmer Fudd. Whoa, that wascally thing called love. <laughs> Like, I, I, I don't know. It was fucking retarded. It really is. I don't really understand how any human being could ever make me feel this fucking way. And, I mean, it's prom primarily because primarily, uh, I'm kind of fucked up when it comes to sexual things. Like, let me tell you about New Year's. I went out to do groceries at this popping place called Grocery Outlet. And then I managed to go from doing groceries to having dinner with a beautiful woman, a beautiful, like she was gorgeous, right? And that happens to me, like, I, I don't understand. People just follow me around sometimes. I talk to them and then we go eat and shit. Um, yeah, I love it when women shit up right on my chest. <laughs> no. <laughs> but like... Uh, it crashes and burns because I'm not an easy person to deal with at all. Uh, and I just fall back into old habits. I found, paid for, and subsequently fucked a hooker. <laughs> Fucking a hooker is a strong word, though, because I tried to fuck her for like 20 minutes and I was like, I completely lost interest. And she's just like lying on top of me, this beautiful lady staring into my eyes, right? And I'm kind of bipolar, so I cry a lot. And she points that out. <laughs> Not that I'm bipolar. That would be crazy perceptive. But she's just like, do you cry a lot? And I was just like, yes. And then instantly started crying. <laughs> I literally mourn the loss of my innocence sometimes. I don't even understand why I'm like this. Actually, no, I completely understand why I'm like this. It's because of where I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I'm just trying to lasso you around. Just like, we're taking you home. Throw you on the back. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I swear. Oh.
okay, okay, okay. So like, yeah, no, this love thing is fucking me up. I don't get it. I really don't get it. Like at this point, so okay, so after after Monday, Tuesday, right? She's there at work once again, and I she leaves at, at a reasonable hour, and Pam just gave me the horn. So usually I come on here, I ramble for a bit, I say a pun and I get off, but instead of a pun, I'm just gonna say, um, it was great seeing all of you guys. <laughs> You're all here. Mutiny Radio is great. Uh, I love this place. Um, Pam is, uh, was very supportive last week when I came in. Give it up for her. Uh, and, um, just remember that um, blessings are a real thing, and you guys are all blessed. I really mean that sincerely. It's a it's a matter of statistics, honestly, to me, because like it really is. Because luck is this thing that honestly always gets conflated with blessings, and it's like this one in a hundred chance of doing something. You do it five hundred times, it'll fucking happen. John Gallagher, the first person on stage here today, great fucking set. He's been doing it for eight fucking years, man. And like, why that distinction lies? Because blessings are one in a trillion. You, or you, or you. Why did your parents meet? Why did they fuck? Why did they come bring you over here, you beautiful short man, you? <laughs> You're not that short. You're really not that short compared to the... Dude, where I grew up, people are very malnutritioned. Okay, okay, Jesus Christ. Either way, I didn't even finish my thought. My point is... Uh, love yourselves, guys. Be happy. Got them clones. Everything grown at home is not homegrown. Got them zoning out night and dime. All right, everybody. Vishesh Sarin. The worst decision in your story was liking a coworker, definitely. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. By far. I want to I, oh, I talk about this story right now. There's this older lady who works in my office. She's not my boss, but she's way up there, and she bought me a $40 Christmas present. And I don't know if I should do anything about that. Um, but that was weird um, and cool. And anyway, next guy coming up. Uh, we're on a show together tomorrow. And one of us is way funnier than the other. But I'm going to let you decide who's who. <laughs> it's Ryan Thomas. All right. Well, happy Black History Month, everyone. Thanks for wishing me a happy Black History Month. I appreciate it. I've always wondered why Black History Month was in February when I was a kid. We used to be like, oh, it's because it's the shortest month and they don't like black people, but they wanted to give us something. But like, I've never wondered like why it was in February enough to Google it. Like I was just like a little bit, it would have been so easy to figure it out. Like this whole time I could have just asked Wikipedia. So I finally did it and I found out it's actually not because it's the shortest month. It's because February is the coldest month. And they know that black people, we operate real slow in the cold. We kind of like syrup, you know, like it's just, it's just. And they're like, well, maybe this way we don't have to hear about it quite as much as we won. Is it gonna make it to the pancake? We're at the 28th, fuck, it's leap year. It made it to the pancake. That's, that's what I learned. The other fun thing about Black History Month is is an excuse for me to, to finally do, you know, do some research, re-up on what you learned in school. One of my favorite stories is Harry Tubman and the Underground Railroad. 
You know, it was pretty cool. Cause like, how nuts is it that like people come to this open mic? I'm not throwing shade. I'm just literally saying how nuts is it? People come to this open mic. They're like, all right, I did my set and I'm out. But meanwhile, back in the day, people are like, oh, I don't know that black person, but I'll risk like life and limb to like maybe save them. Maybe that's awesome. But the craziest part about the Underground Railroad is the logistics of the thing. I can't get out of my neighborhood without Google Maps. <laughs> no one is chasing me. I don't like if I get an Airbnb and I don't download the map and I'm going like an hour and a half away, all hell breaks loose. I'm completely fucked. Someone's like, you remember the address? I'm like, address? I don't even know my own address. I go onto the app, I just click home. I thought it lived on Home Street. I didn't even know I had the damn number. Can you imagine like you, you over here like trying to creep through, make someone, make sure no one sees you. You don't have Google Maps. You don't have ways to tell you that the popo is like five miles away. You don't have Alexa to say, hey, what's the weather like? You're like, hey, Harriet, what's the weather like? She's like, shut up, fool. 100% chance of rain. Rain of bullets on your ass if you don't keep it moving. You don't, god damn it. Get your ass down the road. Then you finally, you finally go through all those trials and tribulations. You got dogs chasing you and shit. People are like, nigger, oh shit. Ha, ha, ha. And then you finally like get to the neighborhood where you're supposed to be at, where the Underground Railroad is, right? And you're looking at the houses and you're like, Harriet, what's up? Where are we going? And she's like, ah, oh, shit. She's trying to read the paper and she's like, I don't know if this is a one or a two. The address is either one Mulberry Lane or two Mulberry Lane. And I can't read my writing. These stakes are high. Meanwhile, if I try to get to my friend's house, like I'm like, all right, I think it was either 5-5 five, five Skyview or 5-3 Skyview. Let me check out my phone. And I bring out my phone. I'm like, uh-huh. Looks like the address is 6236 Orange Avenue. <laughs> Goddamn. Because there's a big difference between one and two if you're in the Underground Railroad. Can you imagine you over here? You knock on the door. Boom, boom, boom. Hey, I'm here for you to protect me from slavery. If it's the wrong door, you in trouble. <laughs> so here's what they did, right? The whole time, you got to be very silent on the Underground Railroad so people don't see you. They were like ninjas in the night. Asians think, people think Asians came up with the term my ninja. Nah, we came up with that. We've been doing that since the Tubman days. So it's like, all right, my ninja, how's we gonna do? We're gonna walk up. And then you couldn't say anything because people might overhear you. So they hit them with the dap. You know what I'm saying? Hit them with the uh, uh, uh. And that's where the term dap comes from. A lot of people don't know that. Stands for down ass person. That's how we knew. That's why black people still fuck with white people to this day that can dap us up. We like, hey, you all right. You all right. All right, thanks, y'all. That's my time. We don't know about the Mac. Ooh, yeah, I'm on the scene. Laying low, so fresh, so clean. Smoking on some gangster greens. All right, Ryan Thomas, everybody. I feel kind of bad. I, I, don't, I hope I didn't cut that short. He got a light and a horn. So, um, awesome set. All right, uh, coming up next. Uh, oh, God, I just read his name like 18 times, and I can't remember it. I think it was Thomas. No. Dan Frank. All right, Dan Frank. All right, everybody, it's here for Dan Frank. Don't mean to break your circle. Thank you. It was not Thomas, not anywhere close. Thank you, though. Hi, everybody. How's it going? Yeah, I am gay. That's what you were wondering, right? Did you call me a dyke? Did she? You're not woke. I am gay, and I wore this shirt today. Look like a weird homeschooler that went to Jesus camp and got fingered by my friends. <laughs> I did go to Jesus camp, actually. I remember the first time I let Jesus in my life. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> the first time I let Father Jesus in my life. 
I was five. No, sorry. <laughs> no, I did go to Jesus camp, and they teach you there that sex between two people is a relationship between two people and God. And that always sounded like a cuckold situation to me, you know? <laughs> like, there's a guy and a lady, and Jesus comes down, like, and just starts, like, fucking with the lady. I guess this is how people have sex. I don't know. Is this like locomotion? <laughs> um, I swear I get laid. But then like the guy, so Jesus and the lady are fucking and then the guy is like over in the corner watching. Like, yeah, now use the belt, Jesus. Yeah, now bless that pussy. <laughs> Jesus loves you, this you know. For the Bible tells you so. <laughs> no, no one else went to Jesus camp and sang that song <laughs> and thought of that. <laughs> uh, it's my first time in San Francisco. You have so many hills. I'm expecting much toner legs from everybody from <laughs> all the hills you climb. I give it to all of you. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, he was... He was kinky. <laughs> that guy, yeah, that guy got nailed to a cross. So that's the only thing that would get him off. Who else is metal enough to do that? <laughs> that's what I thought. Wusses. I feel like like we don't know what happened the first 30 years of Jesus's life. It's just like he was born and then one day he became 30. It just skipped over that whole part. Very unhealthy. They are terrible movie writers. But like I feel like he did the first 30 years. He did the most volatile stuff. And then crucifixion was the only way to top all of that, you know? <laughs> Because they couldn't sell the Bible with all of that stuff in it. That would have been... That would have been hot. <laughs> um, oh, right. Thanks for reminding me, guy. <laughs> Support local comedy. Um, my granddad died today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, he died 45 years ago today uh, in my fantasy novel. Did I not say that? Guys, thank you so much. Oh, my name's Dan. Well, you can catch a case without getting caught and everybody's on the spot. So while she warn you, it's still raining game. All right. Next up, you know him, you love him. It's Max Eddie. Everybody getting scratch off sacks and packs. Keep it going for Justin, guys. How the fuck are we doing on Friday? Hell yeah, there we go. I just, it, that question always goes better if you say how the fuck are we doing? If you say how the heck, people are just like, I don't believe you. I don't believe you're having a good time. That's was, that was fine. Now, you know what's funny is my mom actually tried to raise me to not swear. She was just like, you should never swear. It makes you look dumb, okay? And she would, she would like replace swear words with the word bless. Like she would just swap them out. And I, I don't know if anyone else experienced that, but it doesn't fucking work. Like it's... <laughs> It's pretty obvious that it does. It's like watching like a TNT version of a Tarantino movie. 
Like you're watching Reservoir Dogs and you're just like, okay, he's gonna cut a guy's ear off. I don't care if he's saying snitch or bitch. Like that's, doesn't matter. Like it's, I know what's happening. Who are you fooling? Yeah. And all that really happened is I just didn't ever learn what the word bless meant. Like that <laughs> fucked me up. Like the first time I sneezed and someone said, oh, bless you. I was just like, fucking bless you too, dickhead. <laughs> All I, did, I just sneeze. You don't have to be a fucking bless hole, dude. That's, <laughs> that's silly, man. Um, okay, um, I mentioned this a lot. I'm, uh, I'm bisexual, um, which is cool. Uh, I realized ever since I came out, like all my straight friends, like we didn't have like a gay friend in our group before, so I'm like, they're like rounding up to gay for me, so we have a gay friend. Um, and I know that because like we'll talk about going out and they'll be like, okay, we're going to hit the bars, you know, we're going to meet some ladies, Max. You're gonna be the wingman, obviously. <laughs> like, what's fucking obvious about that? First of all, I'm still, I don't wanna be the wingman. I wanna be the, the bird that gets pussy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know what the metaphor is with wingman, but whatever. That's a, wingman is also just a dumb, dumb thing. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be somebody's wingman. At, like, I'm not going to a bar and buying $12 PBRs to be your sexual lobbyist. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's stupid. Like, why do you, that's like some fourth grade shit. Like, hey, uh, can you go talk to that girl and tell her I like her? But like, don't tell her I like like her, okay? Like, that's, did that not resonate with anyone? Okay, that's fair. It's just dumb. It just feels like you should, like, be your own wingman in life, is all I'm saying. Like, go fucking talk to them, figure it out for yourself. But my friends were like, they were really, put, they're like, dude, can you just, like, dude, gay dudes, like, just know how to talk to women. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. But, like, whatever. I'll do it for you. And uh, we go to the bar, and I'm like, okay, I, I got this. They're like, they pointed one out. I was like, okay, let me do this. I, I go up to her and I'm just like, uh, excuse me, miss. Like, uh, my friend over there really wants to buy you a drink and I don't want to talk him up too much, but his cum tastes amazing. So it's like, it's delicious. And um, I don't think things worked out between the two of them. So, because uh, I banged her. So like, be your own wingman is what I'm saying, okay? That, does that story reflect poorly on me? Clap if that is the case. <laughs> got it. Okay, horn definitely. Okay, um, I got oh one little thing I want to do. Um, I also I have ADD. I talk about them too much too. But um, some people I'll talk about uh, taking Adderall, and uh, they'll be like they're like against Adderall, and they're just like, did you know Max that Adderall is meth? Did you know that Max Adderall is actually just meth? And I'm just like, here's the thing that that is actually true, but. It's like the perfect amount of meth, like in Adderall. It's like the right, it's like the Goldilocks amount of meth. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause the real, like people talk about a meth issue. The issue is really with portion control. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta take the right amount. Cause if you take too much meth, it's very clear you're taking too much meth. You know, you're tweaking on the street, you're asking people for money, a little bit of sucky sucky. But like if you take the perfect amount of meth, just the right Adderall amount of meth, Berkeley. <laughs> Okay, thanks guys, bye. All right, Max Eddy, everybody. Max, way to reinforce stereotypes straight from cum tasting to meth knowledge. That was fucked up. Uh, hopefully unrelated to uh, one of those things is Chloe Matonis. I hope you're not on meth. I hope you're not on meth, me too. All right, well, let me get my $2 out. Hey guys, what's up? How's everyone doing? Woo! Uh, I'm wearing this jacket because it's kind of cold. 
Last time I wore, was wearing this jacket, someone said to me, they're like, wow, either you love Back to the Future or you have a lot of confidence. And I was like, I actually just like directing traffic. So uh, <laughs> neither, neither of those things. Hey guys, my comedy career is taking off. Let me tell you, my God. Last week at the grocery store, holy shit, I told a joke that was so cute that the cashier gave me a bag of overripe grapes for free. For free! I'm bringing home the produce. It's incredible. I brought it home and I squished it in my bathtub trying to make wine. My roommates hate me so much. They think I am a nightmare. Uh, I live with three men who I met on Craigslist because I hate drama and I hate attention. Uh, I came home uh, recently to them sitting around the kitchen table strategizing about how to get swole. And they, were, they had... <laughs> It was our kitchen table, and there are three of them, and they're engineers, all of them, obviously, uh, and they had a notepad, and they were just writing out what they were gonna do. And I was like, guys, have you tried making an Instagram account about working out? No? That seems to work out pretty well. Fuck, okay, that one needs work, that one needs work. Speaking of Instagram, I made a comedy Instagram. It's huge, guys, it's huge. Uh, <laughs> shut up, shut up. Uh, I thought people wanted to hear my my voice, my jokes, you know, see my quirky personality. Uh, they do not. They do not. <laughs> I posted, I posted one picture of me just in a sports bra, and that did 800% better than anything else on my page. So the universe is giving me mixed signs, you guys. It's like overripe grapes, booty pics. What am I gonna do? What am I doing? What am I doing? Um, let's pivot here. Uh, everyone keeps talking about serial killers. A little too much. Everyone keeps talking about serial killers. A little too much. Uh, have you guys seen that movie or the uh, documentary? What is it? Uh, like abducted in plain sight? Yes. Yeah, that shit's crazy. Holy shit. Oh my god. Um, okay, so I know I'm a good person. I'm a really good person, you guys. I'm a great person. Uh, but what does it mean if I watch that documentary and then I, <laughs> boop. <laughs> Sorry, focus. Uh, I watched that documentary and I was, I masturbated like immediately after. <laughs> like with no problems. What's up with that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm vegan, surprise. <laughs> um... So where was I gonna go with this? Oh, vegan, masturbation. The first time I masturbated was with a carrot. I don't know how to make a joke out of that. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, I'll end it with this. You guys like raw dogging it. Yeah, oh yeah, you guys all love raw dogging it. Me too, I love raw dogging it, you guys. I raw dog it all the time at the grocery store because I hate using plastic bags for my produce. It's such a waste. It's so bad for the environment, you guys. I just take those veggies and I just stick them right up uh, in a tote bag. Thank you very much. <laughs>
Ah. Sorry, what was the name? Jacob McHenry. Jacob McHenry. All right. I promise the next intro will be smoother. Jacob McHenry, everybody. I got that legendary. They call it Bubbleberry. Pounds at the house, and I ain't talking about brown. All right. I was watching TV earlier today. Uh, saw the show. It's called uh, Top 10 Wild Animal Attacks uh, Caught on Camera. I'm not sure if any of you guys have seen this. Uh, but if you have, let me know if you noticed this. Uh, wild animals don't seem to like uh, white people at all, man. <laughs> they don't. I started noticing a disturbing pattern. Every video was a white dude being viciously mauled by an apex predator. Sharks, grizzly bears, lions. Lions is when I started connecting the dots because they live in a place surrounded by black people. But you can't find one video online of a black person being attacked by a lion. Which makes me think these animals are viciously racist, man, against white people. And I'm just the first person to notice these are hate crimes going on. So I'm just trying to bring awareness to that right now. And maybe bring some justice to Steve Irwin's death. <laughs> Fuck stingrays, man. Speaking of stingrays, I went to the Monterey Bay Aquarium recently. I'm not sure if any of you guys have been. It's a very educational place. The thing I learned was don't ask for a bottle of water there because the workers will put you on blast real quick. I had this lady tell me, we don't sell bottles of water here, sir. If you want some water, you're going to have to drink it out of a carton because those plastic bottles are killing the fish in the ocean which I thought was kind of a rude thing to say to me because I wasn't married to the idea of drinking it out of a plastic bottle. I was just thirsty. So I decided to play my part. I bought the carton of water, which looking back, I'm glad I did because when I was done with that shit, I threw it into the ocean and I felt good in my heart about that because I realized I played a role in saving the ecosystem that day. I recently had a birthday, it was cool. I have an eight-year-old niece, she made me a macaroni necklace as a gift, which everybody thought that was adorable, except for me. I feel like it was kind of a lazy gift if I'm being honest. Like it's hard being impressed with a macaroni necklace when you realize there are children the same age who can make a pair of Nikes from scratch. Like, we really need to up our arts and crafts here in America, or we're about to be left behind. Like, we gotta, we gotta stop the, the glitter and the coloring, pick up a little bit of sewing and leather work, because nobody needs a macaroni necklace. But it's starting to get cold out here, and I could use a dope jacket. All right. I, have a, I uh, found out one of my coworkers is a shaman. One of those spiritual medicine men. Which was weird to me because he's a white dude from Minnesota who uses the phrase cool beans a lot. Shit didn't add up. What got me curious, what are the qualifications to being a shaman? If you guys are, if you guys are wondering, it only comes down to two things. One, you have to have drugs. 
But even more important than that is number two, which is you got to just start telling people you're a shaman now. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just a guy who sells drugs. All right. Thank you. Come the sickest old G since Mudbone. First to flip the strip and leave when I see all the butt gone. I'm all right, Jacob McHenry, everybody. I think that may have been the best child slave joke I ever heard. Oh, thank you. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, uh, continuing to fail in my hosting duties. I'll tell you who's up in just one second. All right, we're back. It's Jermaine Reeves. Jermaine Reeves in the house. He's outside. I'll be back in a second. And brothers hate me. Can't nobody for the clinic rehabilitate me. Cause when the town's in the drought, I got a pound at the house, a fat ounce to the mouth. Cause I'll be coming with a pound, hooking up the town, serving out the low ride late night. All right, finally, Jermaine Reeves, everybody. Hooking up the town, serving out the low ride. Thank you guys, and I'm sorry about the um slight delay. I was out there actually. Afro engineering some shit. Yeah, you know what that is? Uh, commonly known as Jimmy Rig. Yeah. Or I guess they would say nigger, uh, nigger Rig. And let's see, I have a mask on my face and I'm gonna explain that in a second because this is my alter ego and I call myself Tab G. T A B G. And that simply stands for the tall, angry, black guy. Yeah. And I'm not really a tall, angry, black guy. But this was my character after Donald Trump won so I could continue to do comedy. Because, you know, speaking of the Cheeto face president, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he looks like he drunk a lot of tang when he was growing up or whatever, you know, but he's dividing the country lately, you know what I'm saying? He wants everybody to get in their corner and be divisive, and I knew it was fucked up because the other day, I went to pick my son up from uh, preschool, come to find out all the little white kids in the class had took their little toy building blocks, as Will was building little walls around the little Mexican kids and was like, hey, no snacks for y'all, we gonna build a wall. I say, hey, you little racist-ass kids, you can't do that shit. Put the Asians ass in there, too. Yeah, throw them in there. No, I'm just fucking around. See, I don't have a, a filter. You know, I'm not PC. I don't have a Mac. I just kind of say what's on my mind. You know what I'm saying? And uh, let's see what else is on my mind. I'm recently single. No, nobody gives a fuck. But uh, I had to break up with my last girlfriend because she had a split personality. And I kept getting the one that didn't suck dick. And I was like, hey, could you like come back to you and shit? You know what I'm saying? And speaking of ladies, uh, my new relationship, you know, my girl's like, hey, let's spice things up. You know what I'm saying? So I put some seasoning on my dick like, hey, we good? No. And uh, so I was like, let's spice things up and let's have a threesome. You know, so she says, sure. I was like, wait, you said that too quick. It's got to be a trick to it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you sure we can have a threesome? She's like, yeah, as long as it's with Mark Neuer, because he's really fine. You know what I mean? I was like, bitch, you say that one more time. I'll pull your braid out your fucking hair. Don't say that shit. You know what I mean? And the other fucking day, a lady walks up to me on the street, and she says, uh, Jermaine, what are you working with? 
And I was like, uh, you know, I got a little weed, a little coke. What's happening? You know what I'm saying? She's like, no, 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 no. What are you working with sexually? You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, wow. That's kind of bold, but um, if you want to know what I'm working with sexually, I'm built like a baby. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? She's like, ooh, built like a baby. That seems small. That's not good. It's like, let me, let me uh, just rephrase that. When I say I'm built like a baby, that's because I'm four pounds and 11 inches. Get it? Built like a baby. <laughs> no, I'm just bullshitting, guys. Actually, in real life, I got dick problems. You know what I'm saying? My dick's only two inches. Yeah, I could play double dutch with this motherfucker, I promise you. Who needs a gym when you've got him, by the way? And speaking of my dick before I get out of here, man, believe it or not, my dick called the police on me the other day. Could you believe that shit? Fucking piece of shit. My dick called the police on me the other day and told them I have been beating them ever since I was a teenager. I was like, ain't that some bullshit? Snitch ass dick. I would have got away with it also, right? The only fucked up part was he had two witnesses. Get it? These nuts. Anyway, that's my time, y'all. It's your boy L. Reese, and I appreciate that, y'all. Thank you, thank you. Sorry for the whole up. High off Earth, when the fire and the Jackson fire. I get high off funk, high off jazz. I get high off trees when they mix with the hash. Thank you, Jermaine, for looking more threatening than me. That was my favorite. Yeah, you're working it. Um, we got two more comics for you tonight. Number one is Michael Miles. Let's hear it. Clubs in California, I get high off burp, high off diesel. Ain't another state got grapes this lethal. Hey, thank you. Got some new stuff. Hey. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, awesome. So I did. don't usually do impressions, but I got... I got one, maybe two. Okay, I'm just going to try it out. This is my first as an impression of a teenager and his winning argument in Debate Club. You're stupid. Thank you. That was my, my teenager. And my other one is a celebrity impression of comedian Louis C.K. Excuse me, may I masturbate in front of you? Maybe too soon. He should have said, excuse me first. I think that was the problem with, with Louis. Love Louis. You know, his behavior is a little bit weird. Um... Okay, we're getting toward the end. I think I'm going to do my uh, some new stuff, but I wanted to try something. I want to come up with uh, working on a little sitcom I want to write. Or it's, it's basically a sitcom about a vampire. And he's a cool guy, actually. He likes to stay up late. Being a vampire, likes to uh, watch a little Netflix, likes to play video games. Doesn't harm anyone. Super cool guy, right? But everyone gets really judgy around him. Like, what are you, a vampire? And so he tries to be like normal, whatever normal is. He tries to sleep at night, but it's terrible. He can't sleep. He gets insomnia. He's miserable during the day. And for some weird reason, his, his skin he burns and, you know, in the sun. He doesn't really get that either. So, uh, so he gets up. But, you know, and the worst part of it all is actually all his housemates are morning people. I don't know if you know about these or maybe you're one yourself, but it, they're horrible, horrible people, morning people. And every morning he gets up out of bed feeling horrible another night of hardly any sleep, gets into the kitchen and, uh, and they all say, good morning, sleepyhead. And he always says, he hisses through his clenched teeth, don't talk to me until I've had my cup of coffee. Well, I guess someone woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Um, and, you know, he's, it just kind of goes from there. But it always ends happily, each episode, with him sucking the blood out of their neck and leaving the drained corpses on the kitchen floor. So, happy ending for the sitcom. 
So I had like one more for you guys I wanted to do. Um, honesty. I was thinking honesty is generally the best policy, I think, except for the case of job interviews where I don't think you'd want to go in and say, hey guys, it's just great here. I like it a lot. I mean, you guys seem really happy because clearly you guys really don't work that hard. I think I'd like to be here too. What do you do? It's just like basically a trained chip could do this job. I mean, you just, you just shuffle paper around the desk, right? This looks awesome. I think I'd really like to work here. I noticed you had a lot of employees. Yeah, I really don't like other people. doesn't work for me. Tell those morons to just leave me alone as I'm pretending to work. And, uh, and you know, don't piss me off. And in fact, don't look at me. Just pay me every two weeks and just get my name straight. Don't, I don't want to hurt you. Don't make me hurt you. Anyway, have I got the job? Anyway, so that would be. Thanks. That's my, that's my time. <laughs> Jews all in the mix, a tool on my side, ready to start some shit. Targets ain't hard to hit when I'm seeing them. All right, Michael Miles, everybody. Got one more comic for you tonight. I'll tell you a very short story about him. Earlier today, uh, one of my female friends gave me one of those European cheat kisses, and uh, he saw it and he was like, Yo, where's my kiss? <laughs> and that's the kind of relationship that we have. Uh, very uncomfortable. All right. Everybody welcome Capital P. Six, I'm popping right. in the clip, I'm popping this snitch for popping his lips. I politic, watch a scar face. I was uh I wasn't that nice about it. <laughs> I was like, where's my fucking kiss? That's right. How you out here kissing bitches and you got kissing capital P? Everything I done for you. All the all the times you came in and I said hi and then continued to talk to you because you're nice to me. Um I don't think I'd be doing comedy if it wasn't for me and your video. Yeah. I tried to I tried to quit this month. Actually. Um I did. I didn't do comedy for like a week. I didn't write. I didn't do nothing. Except I paid a host a show here. Um and if I don't show up, there's gonna be a bunch of people standing outside mad at me. And I, I feel worse disappointing other people than disappointing myself. So I came and I hung out with my friends and I just talked and I had a good time and I made people laugh. Next day I started writing. And I think about it and I think part of the reason I tried to quit is because I work fucking hard. I haven't gotten shit over it. Like I said, I paid her on the open mic. I ain't got shit. Motherfuckers going at half the mics I do, getting booked. But I know why, too, because they're funnier than me. I see it. I see it happen. Um, like I said, came here, saw my friends, had some laughs. Then I... Tried to see if I could write something. Then that week I got a call offering another open mic. Uh, that skinned me to host it, to run it. Uh, and I think about it, and I'm still not funny. Like, I'm still not funny. I'm still not getting booked. I know that. But I deserve it. 
And that's my favorite thing about Mutiny Radio. There's not a lot of people here right now. But everybody here gives a shit. Everybody. First time I ever hosted here. Bunch of people left. Because somebody had been booked on a show that was a rapist and they were fucking all in their cahoots about it. And I made one of my, I think it was one of my favorite jokes of all time, because I went up, a bunch of people had just walked out in a huff, and the first thing I said was, uh, well, it looks like we got the least sensitive room in San Francisco right now. <laughs> and that's exactly, it's, I wouldn't say it's the least sensitive, but everybody here is here to work. I mean, we're comedians, we got egos, we all, we think we're the shit, that's what we're here doing it, but we're here to work. Um... I don't know what I'd do if this place closed. That's my time. You know how we do. Hell yeah. I'm in front of the club getting high. Hell yeah. I'm in front of the club getting high. Hell yeah. I'm in front of the club getting high. Hell yeah. Don't let Mutiny Radio close, guys. Keep coming back. Keep donating. Spread the word. Hand out pamphlets. Bring people to Pam's shows. We got to keep this place here. I don't know what I would do with this place closed either. This is, this is, um, I took one of those buttons that they sell that like fall apart because that's kind of the aesthetic of this place. And I like went to Home Depot and got some, uh, some of that epoxy and I glazed it and I got it on my bag. I'm the key. It's like, it's, you know, this place is, this place means a lot to a lot of people. Let's keep it up. All right. Thank you all for being here. This has been the Mutiny Radio Happy Hour Open Mic. Have a great night. Hell yeah, I'm in front of the club getting high. Hell yeah, I'm in front of the club getting high. Hell yeah, I'm in front of the club getting high. Hell yeah, I'm in front of the club getting high. Hell yeah, I'm in front of the club getting high. Hell yeah, I'm in front of the club getting high. Hell yeah, I'm in front of the club getting high. Hell yeah, I'm in front of the club getting high. 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 Getting high, man, I'm self-medicating. On a magic carpet ride, I'm accelerating. What flow you hitting? This is mind elevation. Top of the world, my my final destination. We gon' shift gears like the Apollo. Coming after me, I'm a hard act to follow. Out in Europe gambling in Monte Carlo If I get arrested, bet I'd be free tomorrow Off that Holland's hope, cotton mouth is hard to swallow I'ma take the hash, Earl, you can take the bottle Hide in the Rocky Mountains up in Colorado Getting that grain, looking like an avocado Good meditation when I'm ripping the micro Cannabis cup, man, I'm getting the title You can see a tidal wave upon my arrival Yo, put your lighters to the sky like some pyro
That's Paul's Boutique. Ask for Janice when you call there for the best in men's clothing.
you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good special happy hour prices all night long with your mutiny radio comedy festival ticket march 1st through 5th check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com come take a seat i had a date there and it did not go well but it wasn't the fault of the place they're very nice asiento For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF.
Welcome. Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5. Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, punk rock and schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Bender's is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Bender's Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Navoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips. Don't know anything about it. Sorry. <laughs> All so, on my limited view. Yes, every Tuesday from twelve to two. Uh, oh, you can if you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Oh yeah, and Google Play and Stitcher, iTunes. Oh, you already said that. TuneIn Radio. Uh, Stitcher, you said that. Spotify. Oh my God, there's just so many. And Overcast. Um, yes, you can also find us on social media, M as in Mary, L as in Larry, P as in Peter, podcast, MOV podcast is our handle. Until next time, I hope you're enjoying your view. Yes. Bye. Bye. That kind of sucked balls. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dog's like a... 